Okay, good evening, gentlemen. Welcome back. Getting together once again, another end of the week, another Thursday night, another Chumash and Shalmshir, and yes, another week has gone by over here in the annals of Summerton, and it's been a, a beautiful week, what an amazing week in such beautiful, amazing company. And what a way to end such an amazing week with such an amazing Shalant. And I don't have a bowl of Shalant in front of me right now, but I happen to know it's amazing because uh, I siphoned the bowl off the top a little earlier. Uh, yes, that's right, and it was worth it. It was worth it. Good shalom, right, guys? Yashukai, thank you, Rabbi Aronson, once again for such an amazing shalom. Um, and let's try to do a little bit of chumash to do the shalom some justice over here. So we have parshas Yisrael, and Yisrael is obviously a a uh, critical, critical parsha in the development of Klai We've left Mitzrayim, but now we find our true purpose. Now we finally realize and understand why we left Mitzrayim. We left Egypt for Harsinai, for Kabbalah Satora. That's what Moshe was told by God in, in, in Shamos. Moshe Rabbeinu asked God, what merit do the Jews have to leave and what merit are they going to get at? So what do the Rebbeinu say back? You know what merit they have to get at? They really don't have any merits. The merit is, it's, I'm taking them out on credit. It's a future merit. I'm taking them out of Egypt because they will... They will, 49 days later, accept the Torah right here in this very spot. That's what got us out of Egypt, the fact that we were destined to accept the Torah. Hashem took us out on credit. We're given a choice in the matter. And Moshe, right before that pivotal moment in history, when we say Nasev and Ishma, and we say all that Hashem has said, we will do, we will fulfill, and we will we will perform, we will, we will, uh, we will learn. Nasev and Ishma, right before that pivotal moment, they are given an overture. They're given a, a uh, an offer. We're given an offer, and we have the ability to accept or to decline that offer. And let's, let's uh, thank you so much, Bika Ben Stover. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so let's see the offer, the overture, the address that Hashem gives to the nation right before again that that juncture, that critical juncture in history where we had the ability to say thanks but no thanks, and yet we choose to say Nasev and Ishmael, we accept the Torah. So we are told the following. Moshe Allah arose, ascended the mountain to God, Hashem Hashem called to him and said, This the following is what you should say to Bas Yaakov and speak. Out to Bnei Yisrael, say the following to Beis Yaakov and speak to Bnei Yisrael. What's the following? What is that should be said to Beis Yaakov and Bnei Yisrael? The following: You see what I did to Egypt, and I brought you out of Egypt so swiftly, as if on eagles, eagles' wings. And I brought you to me. You listen to me. You follow the Torah. You accept the commandments. You will be a treasure nation. Kili kol aretz. You'll be a mamleches kayanim v'goy kadosh. Ela advarasher tedaber el bnei Yisrael. This is what you should speak to Klai Yisrael. Give them this offer. Give them this overture. Give them this this uh, this deal. And see what they say. I'd like to see what they say. I need to hear their acceptance. Give them this offer. I need to hear their acceptance. Who's the offer given to? So we go back and we read that opening pasuk. It sounds like there's a repetition. Hashem tells Moshe, this is what you should say to Beis Yaakov, the house of Jacob, 
The Sanhedrin didn't speak with Bnei Yisrael to the sons of Israel. The house of Jacob, the sons of Israel, who's the house of Jacob? That's us, the Jews. Who are the sons of Israel? That's us, the Jews. You think you only need to make the offer to the Jews once? Speak to the Jews and speak to the Jews? Who are these two factions over here? Who are these? This, the Hasidim and the, and the, and the, and the Litvaks? The, the Sephardim and the Ashkenazim? Who is this? What? Women and the men. So Dov Bear is positing that this is the women and the men. And Dov Bear is right. Beis Yaakov and Bnei Yisrael, Rashi tells us, is referring to the women and the men. The women and the men are being addressed separately. Kosomar le Beis Yaakov, that's the women. This is what you should say to, the Beis, to Beis Yaakov. This I can speak to Bnei Yisrael, that's the men Rashi is going to tell us. Um, that's why, by the way, till this very day, the... the um, Conventional term, and more than just conventional, what Klai Yisrael has, has adopted as the, uh, the standard in describing Jewish educational institutions for Jewish women is always Beis Yaakov. Beis Yaakov. Um, it's interesting, you know, in our minds, it's so, so, so ingrained in us. We, we hear the term Beis Yaakov, most of us, Beis Yaakov, of Beis Yaakov means women, right? Beis Yaakov somehow translates into women in our minds. Beis Yaakov means the house of, of Jacob. But Beis Yaakov is a feminine spin, I think, with most of us, right? Um, not because of anything, of, of, not, not because of the literal translation, but because um, that is the 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 uh, you know the standard in in, in uh, you know Jewish communities everywhere since the uh, the movement of Sarshnir establishing formalized um, schools for for Jewish girls and women. So they adapted the name Beis Yaakov, but that's lifted from this pasuk, and it's because Beis Yaakov. And this pasuk is how we're addressing the women. This is what you should say to Beis Yaakov, and speak out to Beis Yisrael. We're addressing them separately. Why? The women are Jews, Jewish women are Jews, and Jewish men are Jews. So just address all the Jews. Furthermore, we don't find by any other mitzvah that men and women are both chayv and that we address the men and the women separately. We don't find that anywhere else. There's a lot of mitzvahs that both men and women are chayv in. All of the negative commandments, that's already 365. And that's 365 out of 613. That means the majority of mitzvahs immediately, just by adding up the negative ones, um, women are chayven. And a vast amount of positive commandments, women are also chayven. Yet you don't find by any other individual mitzvah the Torah saying, um, share this with the men and share this with the women. We don't find that elsewhere, even with the mitzvahs that are... Uh, common to both men and women. For some reason, for some reason, when it comes to Parshas Yisrael, when it comes to accepting Kol Tarakula, we have to address the men and the, women, men and the women separately. So let's ask a number of questions over here. A, why are we addressing them separately? What's the significance in addressing them separately? Are they obligated separately, in separate ways? Are they obligated? They have separate obligations, the same obligation, they're just, whatever we have in common, we have just as much in common. There are, again, there are mitzvahs that women are exempt from, but that's not the mitzvahs that we're talking about over here. Whatever we have in common, we have in common equally. Why do we have to address them separately? And why here do we address them separately and nowhere else in the Torah? Nowhere else in the Torah, by no other mitzvah, do we say, tell this to the men and tell this to the women. You know, the, not eating basur v'chalom, not having meat and milk together. We're not told, you know, Maisha, you better tell the men not to have basur v'chalom and tell the women not to have basur v'chalom. You don't find such a thing. Here we address the men and the women separately. So let's try to address both these questions simultaneously and see what we discover here. So just to address the first question right off the bat, what, what's, the, what's the significance and what are we accomplishing? Why? Why address them separately? 
So let's take a closer look at Rashi. And Rashi tells us they were talking to the men and the women, individually, separately. So it says Rashi, Kosomar Leves Yaakov. Beis Yaakov says Rashi, Elu Hanoshim. Tarlem Beloshin Racha, speak to them softly. Speak to them softly. Beloshin Racha. Besagi live in Israel and speak to Kla Israel. Einshin Vidikdukim Piresh Lizacharim. When you talk to the men, when you dress the men, tell them about all the punishments. Tell them about the nuances, tell them about the nitty-gritty, the diktukim. The diktukim means the details, the sub-details, the sub-sub-details, the lumdas, like, you know, like we like to refer to it like in, in, in the yeshivas and Gemara, the, the svaras, the logic, the tabudiks, and the punishments. Give that over to the men. Dvarim hakashim kegidim. Give them over information that's as severe as tough, tough like a, like a tendon. The gid is a tendon, a sinew. Something that's tough, tough like a cord, tough like a tendon. What's this uh, imagery of tough like a tendon? Gid is a tendon. So Rashi is reading that back into the Pasuk. Sagid, Levin Yisrael. Sagid means to speak, but Sagid, like Haggadah, Magid, uh, contains the word gid in it. Sagid, Gimel Yudalid. Rashi saying, why? When we address the men, we use the word Sagid, which is Haggadah, Magid, because we're alluding to the idea of a gid of, of toughness. Speak to the women in the Lush and Racha in a soft way. Speak to the men in a tough way. You got to be very tough with the men. Nice and easy going with the women and tough with the men. Okay, very interesting. So why are we addressing them separately? Because you have to, you have to know how to talk to men. You got to know how to talk to women, right? Gotta be, you got to have your finger on the pulse, right? You want to be a leader. And you got you to know how to, how, to, how to talk to the troops. You have to know how to talk to the, uh, the congregants. The congregants. So the women, Somar... Amira is a soft, soft lotion. Speak to the women softly, gently. Speak to the men in a tough, harsh, severe way. Um, this sheds a little bit of light, but I think it, it sheds more mysteries here than sheds more darkness than light, perhaps. Because, I mean, come on, what's going on over here? This is, uh, we don't want the women to cry. Let's ask questions on both ways. Speak, speak to the women gently. Speak to the women gently. As opposed to what? How's Maisha going to speak to them if Hashem doesn't tell them that? Maisha's going to start shouting at them? Maisha's going to start barking at them? Okay, you guys, in or out? In or out? He's going to do the women. Maisha's going to start barking at them, shouting at them, being mean to them. Maisha needs to tell them, yeah, Maisha, uh, Maisha, Hashem needs to tell Maisha, just make sure he speaks to the women softly and gently and nicely. How else is he going to speak to women? And B, Hashem says to Maisha, speak to the men in a tough way. Rough them up. Rough and tough them up. Tell them, Tell the men, okay, you're about to accept the Torah. You should just know if you, if you, if you, once you accept the Torah and you step out of bands, you don't keep Shabbos, we're going to stone you to death. You, uh, you, you are guilty of eating chametz on Pesach. You're going to get kares. Your neshama is getting decapitated. You do molacha on yamtiv. We're going to give you lashes. You eat chazer, you eat shrimp. We're going to give you lashes. Um, that's what Hashem is telling Moshe to tell the men. Einshin, give them punishments. Um, it's also a little strange. Like, okay, so I get it. Men are tougher than women, but but um, why exactly? Why exactly is it necessary to speak to them to bully them? Why are we bullying the men? And why does Moshe need to be told to go out of his way to speak softly and gently to the women? 
So we, we made a half a step of progress here, but I think we're sliding backwards several dozen steps. So again, our opening question was, why do we have to address men and women separately? What's the point and significance of addressing them separately? And the answer that we're receiving over here is you have to know how to speak to men, you have to know how to speak to women. And the way that's illustrated is that Moshe is being told to speak to women very gently, gently, Belosh and Racho, and he's told, being told to talk tough to the men. And the question is why Moshe needs to be told, let, let him speak normally, just shoot from the head. Moshe, be yourself, be yourself. Is anything the matter if Moshe is going to be himself? However he decides to communicate Kol Tarakula, however he decides to communicate the Aseris Adibris, however he decides to communicate the 613 mitzvahs, so communicated, you know, presumably it'll work for the men, it'll work for the women. No, we're told to speak to the women gently, what would he do otherwise? We're told to speak specifically, but Dafka, very tough, rough and, and tough, very severely to the men, tell them about all the punishments that, they're gonna, that are going to be in store for them. Why is that necessary? Why, why is that necessary? So the idea is like this, Rabbi, the answer is like this, the answer is like this. And this goes together with the second question that we asked, and, and hopefully we'll be able to put everything together right now. Well, let's try to put everything together. Baruch HaTar, This address is not just about delivering a mitzvah. It's not just about giving a nice sermon. This, as we just noted, is the preface, is the preamble to the acceptance of Kola Tarakula, to us becoming Jewish, to accepting Hashem's Torah and accepting the responsibility that, that, that comes with and accepting it as, as, as a binding, the Torah and, and God, one and the same, God and His will, which is Hashem and the Torah, Accepting it as a binding, um, binding, uh, unconditional authority upon ourselves. That's what we need to do. If we're going to do this right in Parshas Yisro, and stand by Har Sinai and make that move from a loose band of freed captives to becoming the Am Nifchar, the chosen nation, as Rebbeinu says, as Rebbeinu says. We're invited to become a segula mikol ha'amim, a treasured nation more than the other nations, mamleches kaihanim v'gaikadosh, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. We need to accept the Torah to do that, and we need to accept the Torah properly. How do you accept the Torah properly? For us to make this move and to become the am segula and become the mamleches kaihanim v'gaikadosh, we have to accept the Torah as an unequivocal, un- unexceptional, unconditional binding authority upon ourselves. As opposed to what? As opposed to what? What's the other way of, so to speak, accepting the Torah? As opposed to, hey, I get this, this is nice, this makes sense to me. This is a very nice thing. This is so beautiful. This is, um, let me change that a little bit. As opposed to saying, um, this works for me. I'm good with this. I get this. I get this. Um, and where we're going with that is as opposed to the person who's keeping the Torah on his own terms, someone who's keeping the Torah because 
he, he makes sense to him, he likes it, and he gets it, he resonates with it. That, that kind of a person is keeping the Torah on his own terms. And the Torah has not become, a, for him, a binding authority. It hasn't become an you know, unexceptional, unequivocal, unconditional authority upon himself. Um, and that's not a real Kabbalah Satara. That's not a nation that has gone from this confederacy of slaves to the Mamlech Eskainim and Kaddish to becoming the treasured nation. To be a treasured nation, as a nation, we have to accept Hashem and His Torah upon ourselves, period. Period. And the entire nation has to do that. The men and the women. If the men accept and not the women, we don't have Klai Yisrael. If the women accept and not the men, again, we don't have Klai Yisrael. The Jewish men and the Jewish women both have to accept it. And here we discover something very interesting. Men and women operate very differently. Now, I said we discover something. I, that may not be of a discovery for many of us, right? We're wondering, what's the discovery, right? What's, what's the, what's the, what's the uh, big news item over here? The men and women do operate differently. Okay, so, so for some of us that is a discovery perhaps. They operate differently and they have different challenges. They have different decisions. They have different baggage, different things that get in the way at, that would potentially be barriers in accepting Hashem and accepting Hashem's Torah, and, which means accepting Hashem as an authority. Accepting Hashem as an authority. And we have to make sure that, yeah, we know you guys are pumped. We know you guys are ready to say Nasunisha, but you have to make sure, we have to make sure that you're really accepting this properly. And that means we have to address the Yetzir Hara that the men have and the Yetzir the, the Hara that the women have. And we have to make sure they're fully on board. They're, we have to make sure they're fully on board if the Kabbalah is going to be a real Kabbalah. And hence, the difference in how we address the men and how we address the women. And let's speak it out. We want to give over the Torah to men. That's right. And we want to make sure that men accept it, and men accept it in an unequivocal, unconditional way. What's the Yetzir Hara of a man? What's the typical male Yetzir Hara? <laughs> we would fill in the blank. No man wants blank. No man wants to blank. To wear a pocketbook, maybe? Hmm. That's true. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. You know, some of us here are married. All of us will be married. And there's nothing more terrifying when you're out with your wife shopping and she says, can you hold my pocketbook for a moment? Ever happened to you? Has Moshe ever happened to you? Yeah, it probably happened to you. You can't remember it. PTSD. Okay, but that's, that, that's, not, that's not the answer I'm looking for. No man wants to what? What's, the, what's the, 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 the number one male challenge, number one male Yetzirah? No man wants to have to listen to somebody else. That's, that is the, it's not just stereotypical, it's typical. It, it's, it's, it, 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 that is the, the basic Yetzirah of a man is, he doesn't want to have to listen to somebody. He doesn't want to have an authority. And it, very, very difficult for, for him to accept someone else's authority, accept someone else's ideas, accept someone else's direction, even if, even if he's not a, you know, an egotist, but just, you know, having someone else in charge is a very difficult thing. That's why men have a very hard time stopping asking for directions. Mm. Right? Not as, as much an ego thing as it's, um, you know, uh, uh, 
being submissive, accepting someone else's authority, accepting someone else's know-how. He knows better than I do. No, 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 I know better than him. That's, you know, he thinks he knows better. I'll show you that I know how to get there. It might take me twice as long, but that's because, you know, because I have a different way of getting there, you know? <laughs> so that's why men will have a very difficult time asking directions because men have a very hard time not being in charge, have a very hard time submitting to someone else's authority, um, accepting someone else as an authority. Women don't have this challenge, not nearly the same way as men do. Women in their natural state, don't, that's not their nisayin. Women, women generally, when they're in their natural state, they are looking for someone to be in charge. They gladly accept the husband as the leader, as the director, and you know they, they, they look to him, they respect him, they admire him. We're not putting any women down over here. Women are, 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 are treasured and cherished and have very good opinions, uh, and we should be listening to their opinions and, and seeking their opinions, and men should be putting aside their egos and asking their wife for their advice and their opinions. But when a woman is in a natural, you know, in her natural state, um, she happily it, it looks to her husband's authority as as an authority, as as someone to respect. Men uh, are not looking for that. Are not looking for that. Now all the men are here by our Sinai, and the men are ready to accept the Torah. The men are ready to say Nasev and Ishma. Yes, we want the Torah. We want the Torah. But we have to make sure that it's an authentic real bona fide acceptance if they're not really accepting the Torah then this is we're not going to do it this is, we're not going to pull it off we're not going to become the Mamlechus Kahanam and Gai Kaddish unless we do a bona fide authentic acceptance of the Torah which means accepting it as an unequivocal unexceptional authority binding and we're not going to be looking to do that we're going to be looking to leave ourselves a way out I accept it you know but 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 uh you know there's going to be some fine prints Says the Rebbe to Moshe, when, when Klai Yisrael accepts the Torah, you've got to make sure that there's no fine prints. They have to really understand what they're getting themselves into, and this is fully binding. I'm the one in charge. And that is the main acceptance that men have to have going into this. Tell the men, tell them about the punishments. Let them hear that there's punishments. What does that mean to the male ear when he hears that there's going to be punishments and there's going to be consequences? He hears that there's an authority. He hears that he's not keeping the Torah on his terms. He's not keeping the Torah because he decided to keep the Torah. He's not following his own directions. He's following someone else's directions. And if he makes the wrong turn, he's going to go into Gehenna. Because he's following somebody else's directions. If he goes straight, instead of making a right over here, he's going to plunge through the open manhole. That's why you have to speak to the men. That's why we have to slap them up and, 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 and uh, speak to them in this rough and tumble language over here not because you know we want to be mean not because we we want to try to scare them but because we have to face confront and overcome that natural male impediments of of um, not submitting to authority and all of Kabbalah's Torah for men comes down to accepting Hashem's authority that's the that's the one thing that's going to be the way without them even realizing it they're going to be holding out to not accept Hashem as a binding authority not accepting Hashem as that unconditional authority, and but if they do it like that, then it wasn't Kabbalah's HaTorah. They didn't accept the Torah, they didn't accept Hashem and His Torah as a binding, without any exceptions, authority upon themselves. So that's why the men have to be told, The women, talk to Beis Yaakov, Rashi says, speak to them softly and gently. What does that mean? You have to address the women on their terms, in their fashion, for them to have their Kabbalah Satorah. 
what, 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 what does that look like? So first of all, you don't have to, you don't have to uh, shake up the women. You don't have to tell the women consequences, punishments, because women, their issue is not with authority. Their issue is not with authority. If anything, to the contrary, women appreciate a strong, solid figure of, that represents authority, that represents direction, that represents leadership, they appreciate that. Speak to them, softly, gently. But what does that mean? It doesn't sound like we just, you don't have to tell them the, the punishments. There is, the, the, the method of speaking to the women to make sure they're on board with Kabbalah Torah is, is, is Lashon Racha. What does that mean exactly? And what's the, what's the idea behind the scenes over here and what the women need to hear? So what do women need to hear in contrast to the men? What? What to do? What to do? Okay, that's the specifics. That's coming up. But this is the intro, right? What to do? That doesn't sound like lush and racha is, is soft and gentle. What, what's this lush and racha that we're communicating to the women in order to get them to say, remember, what we're looking for is for everyone to say Nasev and Ishma in the right way, to really do a real acceptance of, of Torah, a real acceptance of, of, of uh, the Aziz So what is it that women need to hear? So what women need to hear is like this. Women need to see the beauty, the beauty of what Torah is all about. That this is the only thing. The, the, the most beautiful the thing. Most beautiful thing yeah. They need to see the beauty. They need to see the glory of this. They need to see the, the very opposite of what the men have to see. The men have to see the, the litvisha end of things. The punishments, the severity, and the, the nuances. The fact that it's so complicated. Rashi said two things. The, the punishments and the details, the nuances. Why do we didn't, I didn't speak that one out. Why do men have to hear the details and the nuances? You've got to show men just how complicated this stuff is. This is for real. This is not just like, you know, when you're in the mood, come and learn a few Mishnahis. No, you got to go through Talmud Babli, buddy. 2,800 blat. That's what you have to see. Gemara Rashi Toysis. Rishoynim, Achroynim, Shulchan Aruch, Tur, Beis Yosef, Primagodim. The Piske Halacha of Revel Yashiv. There's quite a lot to see. That's the two things that Rashi said to the men. The men have to see this stuff is complicated. This stuff is for real. This stuff is binding. This stuff is coming with consequences. Women, for women, it's none of that. It's rather the women have to be presented with the beauty of the situation, the glory, how wonderful this is, how harmonious this is, how perfect this is. And they see that the system is beautiful, is awesome, is perfect. The glory of the system and together with, as was mentioned over here, as Dov Bear mentioned, that, you know, this is, if you want to know where true beauty lies, true harmony, true fulfillment in life, it's over here. That gets the women on board. Men, we don't really care about fulfillment. By us, it's not about fulfillment, not about, not about beauty. It's, it's about the, um, you know, the, the, the responsibility, the reality that we accept God's authority, we have, to be, we have to be shown that this is about accepting God's authority. We accept God's authority, we're, we're those brave soldiers now, the, sure, sure, the beauty helps, and seeing the glory cer certainly, certainly um, puts fuel in the tank for us, but we're given a job, we're given a mission, we're given a mission statement, and we have to see that, that um, there is a binding, demanding authority behind the scenes, and that's the Rebbein and we are bound to that authority. Women don't have an issue with authority. 
Women don't have this issue with accepting the authority of God. Women need to be shown, rather what? They have to be shown, and their involvement in the Kabbalah Sator is when they're shown the, the beauty of the system. And that's the Lashon Racha of Rashi. The Lashon Racha is, is really what we see unfolding here um, in these Psukim about how beautiful the system is, how harmonious the system is, how pu- perfect the system is, how amazing the system is, and how glorious the system of Judaism is, how it perfects us, it, how it touches us, how it elevates us. And when the women are shown that very clearly, then Nasa Vinishma, that's the Nasa Vinishma for the women. But if there's a lack of that with the women, then we're lacking the Nasa Vinishma for the women. That's the Lushan Racha, the softness, the gentleness is said differently. When Rashi says, talk to women in a soft and gentle way, that can be said as, as a proverbial embrace that the Torah is giving them. That, that, that soothingness, that's the softness and the gentleness that we're talking about. How the Torah is so perfect, is, is so beautiful, so amazing, is so soothing, that's the women's involvement, and that's what makes sure, ensures that the women are saying a pure Nasa Vinishma. How do you get the men? Now, remember, all of Kleist was about to say Nasa Vinishma, yeah, we're on board, we'll sign on the dotted line. How do you get the men to say a sincere Nasa Vinishma? Make sure that they realize that they have to take Hashem as an authority. How do you get the women to say an authentic Nasa Vinishma? Make sure the women see how beautiful this is. And if you have a pram on either end over there, you're going to have a, a, a lack in the commitment, in the Nasa Vinishma. And that still goes out of Yom Hazeb. We have a pram with Hashem's authority. We're we not interested in listening to anyone else. We are not really... Um, we are not really uh, within the system of, of that, of that uh, legacy of Nasa Vinishma that, that goes back 3,500 years. We're doing things when we're in the mood, and when we're not in the mood, we're not doing things. We're having a problem with authority once again. And for women as well, it's so, so important. And that's why, you know, as married men, we come home and we share beautiful Torah with our wives, and why women's programming is so important, and women's events are so important. When women lose sight of how beautiful the system is, how glorious it is, and there's no greater fulfillment then a Torah true home and a Torah true household, a Torah true family, when women lose sight of that, when it becomes the male kind of approach, which is responsibility, uh, accountability, authority, then the women are, 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 as we would say, shuckling. The women are on unstable ground. The women's involvement and that which the women give over to their house is so dependent and so predicated on what? The women constantly appreciating it. The beauty, the glory, there's nothing more amazing than a Torah true lifestyle. There's nothing more fulfilling than it. When we lose that, we lose the women, unfortunately. And and there's only so long, you know, the, the women can keep up their role in the household, giving over to the children, when inside they've lost that spark, when they've lost that appreciation, when they've lost that passion. So everybody understand this is the male and the female needs over here that go into the Nasa Vinishma, and it's a lesson not just back then, it's a lesson nowadays as well. What we constantly have to be refreshing for ourselves to make sure we have that constant Nasa Vinishma legacy connection, and that the women out there in Klaiso, that Klaiso needs so much, also have that. So again, just to remind ourselves as men, 
we have to constantly be aware of what that that we don't really have a choice in the matter. Hashem is the final ultimate authority, and Hashem's word is binding. And as we say and we sing this on, on Simchas Torah, Ana Avdu de Kutchabrihu. We actually say that every time we take out the Torah, right? Ana Avdu de Kutchabrihu. I'm a servant. I'm a subject of God. And on Simchas Torah, we say those words. We sing them. We sing and dance with the Sefer Torah. We say those words. Ana Avdu de Kutchabrihu. I am a loyal subject of God, a loyal servant of God. Why do we sing that? Because that's the Nasev and Ishmael legacy. There, there's no greater place to be in life than to realize how amazing it is to be a subject of God, to have God as an authority, to have God giving us direction, to have God giving us orders. That, that, that's, that's the best place to be. Without that, I'm lost. If I follow my own direction, my own orders, I'm lost. So as men, we have to constantly remind ourselves that our connection to her always begins with Hashem, the fear of God, the awe of God, accepting God as an authority. And for the women, it's so important, so critical to always remember when we can give this over to women, and when when um, we have the wherewithal of of, uh, of encouraging this, that women should always constantly have that appreciation, have beautiful, amazing, glorious, the uh, direction of Torah mitzvahs of Yiddishkeit, and that appreciation that comes with that, that fulfillment that comes from understanding that there's no better place to be. That's their nasa v'nishma. Then they are. Again, they're on board. That gives them that passion that spills over to the family, that spills over from the women's side to Kala Yisrael, from the men's side to Kala Yisrael. And uh, that brings us to Parshish Yisrael. We should all bring that in tomorrow. Shabbos. Shabbos. We all stand at Har Sinai again. And uh, tomorrow, personal Nasa Vinishma, we should have an amazing Shabbos, Rabbi Yisrael. Amazing Kabbalah Zatara.